Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Almost as if the footballing gods wanted to make up for just how, let's call it weird, 2019-2020 was, Spurs decided to work with Amazon on a documentary in the same season that they A. Fired Mauricio Pochettino B. Hired Jose Mourinho C. Had Eric Dyer Dragon Ball Z his way into the crowd to start a fight and D. Had the dressing room disintegrate to such an extent that Son, literally football's kindest man, sought out a six-foot-plus goalkeeper for a scrap in the middle of the pitch. What I'm saying is there's usually a formula that when the football itself is bad, the stories that go into it tend to be really, really good. Case in point, Manchester City made a documentary about how they were the best team in the world, and it was just kind of dull. But don't worry, friends, because for an industry which is oddly secretive about what goes on in the dressing room, there have been a surprising number of incredible, eye-opening films about the beautiful game being... Well, entertainingly ugly. My name is Adam Cleary, and these are the 10 best football documentaries ever. Number 10, Orient, Club for a Fiver. Nature documentarians are much admired for their willingness to risk life and limb capturing spectacular footage from some of Earth's most precarious and inhospitable environments. Few, however, have showed as much courage as the student filmmakers at Open Media who, in 1995, placed their cameras into the volcanic furnace that was John Sitton's Leighton Orient dressing room. The Channel 4 feature, Orient, Club for a Fiver, catches the O's in a tailspin, hemorrhaging funds after the Rwandan civil war of all things causes the collapse of owner and lifelong fan Tony Wood's coffee empire. This scarcely believable setup is just a footnote to the true story of the piece, manager Sitton's descent into despair as he struggles to hold close the stitches. The boss's astonishing, profanity-laden rants are the film's highlight. After sacking club veteran Terry Howard on camera, Sitton is shown laying into his underperforming, disobedient team at halftime. Challenging two of his players to a fight, he tells them, you can bring your f***ing dinner, because by the time I finish with you, you'll f***ing need it. That line has become part of lower league football folklore, and what was the cardinal sin they had committed to deserve this? They were 1-0 down to Blackpool at half-time. Number 9, An Impossible Job From one end of the football pyramid to the other, An Impossible Job proves football really is a universal game. John Sitton's descent at the bottom of the chain is mirrored by Graham Taylor's here in the country's top job. 
Now, Harry Kane and the Love Train heroics of 2018 might have temporarily sprinkled antidote around the rim of the Poison Chalice, but Gareth Southgate should watch this 1994 documentary for a stark reminder of just how enfeebling the England job inevitably is. Very few, very, very few get out with their reputation intact. Case in point, Graham Taylor agreeing to an 18-month documentary that would, theoretically, chart his successful World Cup 1994 qualifying campaign. Slight, uh, slight problem there, it failed in spectacular fashion, and the film instead chronicled his bitter downfall. Do I not like that, he's famously caught saying, and, well, probably not, no, in hindsight. Number 8, Warnock. Now, if you enjoyed Orient Club for a fiver before, gosh, gee whiz, there really wasn't enough profanity or spit in that, then Warnock is for you. The documentary's eponymous star, Neil to his friends, Colin to his detractors, has something of an ambiguous reputation in the English game as this foul-mouthed Brexiteering touchline ogre. His infamy for Stone Age football is belied by 40 entire years of consistent, albeit lower league, success. Basically, he's very easy to lampoon as a relic, but as this Access All Areas portrait demonstrates, the veteran manager's longevity is no fluke. Again, just going back to John Sitton here, where his rants erupted at the frayed edges of sanity, it's clear that Warnocks are finely tuned for maximum inspiration. It's not all effing and jeffing, although yes, quite a lot of it is effing and jeffing, but this is an intelligent man with a barbaric wit who clearly understands the game inside out. Warnock hasn't made it easy to like him throughout his career, but this documentary at least suggests you should maybe respect him. Number seven, trouble at the top. Like many sides who overstretched on the promise of TV money, which never materialized, the collapse of ITV Digital plunged Luton Town into financial meltdown. In the summer of 2003, chairman Mike Watson Chalice sold the Hatters for just four pounds to a shady consortium headed by a man named John Gurney. In the grand tradition of hyperbolic new owners, Gurney made some outlandish promises, or threats if you were a fan. The club would build a 70,000-seater stadium that they had no hope of filling, a race course, yes, a race course, and change their name to London Luton. All of this, I swear, is honestly true. Sadly, their first step was to fire the popular managerial team of Joe Kinnear and Mick Harford. In order to get Hatter's supporters back on side, Gurney devised a ludicrous concept in keeping with television trends at the time. Manager Idol, a reality contest in which fans voted for the new boss. And yes, again, all of this is honestly true. In the 11th hour, third choice at the time, Mike Newell stormed into the lead, which was very fortunate since he was the only one on the entire shortlist who was actually prepared to take the job. The BBC Two documentary Trouble at the Top had the best seat in Kellenworth Road as the chaos unfolded. It is a remarkable, oft-forgotten story of English football where somehow all of this, I swear, honestly now, is honestly, truly, honestly, True. Number six, The Class of 92. Now, yes, it might be an old boys network circle jerk, but The Class of 92, which describes the evolution of a clutch of Manchester United hopefuls into bona fide legends of the game, and Chris Casper, is nevertheless a riveting history of some of the 90s football boom's chief protagonists. Infamously, Alan Hansen opined that United couldn't win anything with kids. This after an unfamiliar team whose collective voices had barely cracked, crashed in a 1995 opening day defeat to Aston Villa. Five of the villains of the villains' victory, Paul Scholes, Gary Neville, Phil Neville, Nicky Butt, and David Beckham, would go on to become global superstars as a decade of success cascaded onto the red
red half of Manchester. This film documents that ascent interspersed with glowing tributes from their high-profile contemporaries and, for some reason, pretend Newcastle fan slash actual war criminal Tony Blair. It's all very congratulatory, but still worth a trip back in time to Cool Britannia. I didn't want to call it that, but it's what it's called, apparently. Number five, The Other Final. On the 30th of June 2002, Ronaldo, and proper Ronaldo here, completed his France 98 redemption by putting two goals past Germany in the World Cup final. On the exact same day, the two lowest-ranked sides in international football, Bhutan and Montserrat, met for a quite different prize. The right to not be called the worst team in football. With the Netherlands having failed to qualify for the big boys extravaganza, Dutch filmmaker Johan Kramer pondered who was the world's worst football team. This embryo of an idea eventually resulted in a tiny Caribbean team, the island beset by recent volcanic activity, travelling nearly 9,000 miles to a dramatic Himalayan setting. Could a side which had never won a game, never so much as kept a clean sheet, beat the statistically worst team on the planet? The film showcases a touching tale a million miles removed from the pomp and circumstance of football's biggest prize, but one with arguably more emotion and heart. Number 4, Diego Maradona Unlike The Clash of 92, Asif Kapandia's documentary Diego Maradona is a religious experience in the truest sense. For the people of Naples, El Diego is a saint whose fresco sits right alongside the man whose hand he borrowed that one time against England. Maradona signed for Napoli in 1984, and before he'd even kicked a ball, fans in the city welcomed him like the second coming of the Messiah. 75 thousand people flocked to the Sao Paulo Stadium just to see him do a kick-up routine. There was, thus, considerable pressure on the Argentine to deliver, and he did, almost single-handedly dragging Napoli to two Serie A titles and a UEFA Cup triumph. Much like the director's previous benchmark Senna captured the personal turmoil motorsport heaped upon its eponymous subject, Diego Maradona chronicles the almost impossible demands only a player of his God-given talent could endure and meet. Ultimately, it would lead to his downfall, but that makes this a fascinating, often uncomfortable watch. Number 3, Next Goal Wins In the same vein as the other final, Next Goal Wins also shows the opposite face to football's glitz and glamour, following American Samoa on their quest to shake off the tag of worst team in the world. The Polynesian side earned that title in 2001 after an infamous 31-0 defeat to Australia, the worst loss in the history of international football and, coincidentally, long before the Wok Culture Office team was ever founded. Looking to use this embarrassment as inspiration, American Samoa turned to Dutch coach Thomas Rongen and ambitiously set their sights on making the 2014 World Cup. Mike Brett and Steve Jameson's film is not a Hollywood underdog story. American Samoa, unsurprisingly, do not qualify and in fact don't even get close. But they do win a lot of admirers with their effort, humility and love for the game. Better news still, Taika Waititi is currently adapting the documentary for the big screen with Michael Fassbender playing the coach. Number 2, Sunderland Till I Die Ellis Short thought he had a masterstroke here, commissioning a puff piece documentary that would chart Sunderland's one season at most stay in English football's second tier. Well, he was almost right, because rather than securing promotion that year, they hilariously slithered out the arse end of the division and into League One. Now, while you might think that I, as a Newcastle United fan, must find this hilarious, and I do, what the series actually showcased was how the club's fans were undeniably the story's heroes. The importance of the team to a local area struggling after years of government cuts and dying 
carrying industry dispels the myth of the overly passionate and laughably simple Northeast football supporter. It is a tie that binds all teams of the region, even if historical rivalries so often hide that fact. This is a story, and even I can admit it, of how a cowboy owner took over a cherished institution and the fans that pumped their money in deserved so, so much better. Number one, the two Escobars. When Colombian defender Andres Escobar turned into his own net against the hosts at USA 94, it didn't just end his nation hopes of triumph, but tragically, his own life. Five days after the South American side's elimination, Escobar was shot dead, the killer shouting goal after each pull of the trigger. But the awful story ran deeper than one embittered fan. Coinciding with Colombia's sudden surge up the football rankings came the rise of another Escobar, cocaine baron Pablo. The cartel boss turned his lifelong passion for football into the perfect money laundering scheme, enriching the Colombian game with millions of dollars of drug money along the way. As his country's drug trafficking spiraled out of control, so too did lawlessness and corruption, creating the circumstances that ultimately led to his namesake's senseless slaying. The two Escobars charged the intersectionality of the footballer and the underworld kingpin, painting a blood-soaked picture that's as gripping as it is haunting. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.